Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Today, we are very, very fortunate to have the former chief executive of Harrow Council, One Source, London Borough of Lambeth, Bolton Council, and exec director at Oldham Council. You're probably thinking, who could have done all of that in one career? Well, there is one man, it's Sean Harris. Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Matt, and thank you for the opportunity to chat to you today, um, and thank you for the uh, the introduction. Um, I'm not I'm not sure it's that amazing, but uh, thanks for the comments anyway. Uh, absolutely well deserved. Um, so today, I was really keen to talk to you about kind of the, the four kind of key topics: leadership, managing politics, partnerships, and challenges facing the sector. If I can start with leadership, what do you think? is a critical qualities that a leader in local government needs in order to be a success sounds like you're you're interviewing me for a job there matt um no no i i think what i would say is that and this is what i always sort of think about myself and say to other people um is all leadership is situational so in order to be a good leader in local government you need i think flexibility of leadership styles uh, depending on the circumstances that you found yourself in, the nature of the politics, the nature of the place. Um, and I think as much as anything, you as a leader need to have a sense of what your leadership styles are and how you can do it. Um, because I've seen people with very different leadership styles uh, make a success of being a local authority chief exec or um, senior manager. And therefore, I don't think there is a style but I, I think what for me picks out people who do the leadership of, in local government well is people who who know what their approach and style is going to be, so that in any given situation they can use that to their advantage. That's really interesting. Let's go back to something just you said there. But leadership being situational, I think that is so interesting because I suppose you have to be agile to the people and the situations you're dealing with, and and that must have been so different. I mean, just talk about a little bit about your journey in terms of because obviously you've worked with. London boroughs as well as up in the in northwest you know was it challenging going from outside of London to in London as a chief exec or was it the same role just in different parts of the country so I think the short answer is all, all change at a senior level brings its challenges and um, I think again one of the things I've always said to people when I've been sort of advising them on their career or mentoring um, is that you have to think about whether you are making one or two leaps so and what I mean by that is, if you are taking a step up in an organisation, you know the organisation, you know the place, you know the politics, you know the issues, but you are potentially going to operate at a different level. Similarly, if you are taking a sideways move, you know the job, you know what it needs to be a chief exec or an exec director, but you're going into a new place or and with a new set of contacts, a new set of politics. So. I think that 
the reason I have been relatively successful, we all have our ups and downs, but the reasons I think I have been relatively successful is I've never really taken more than one leap at once. So I've either essentially been going up the ladder in one organisation or I have been doing the same job as I've done previously in a different place. And I think therefore that makes that transition more straightforward. So one of my bits of advice to people always is doing two leaps is not impossible. Going to going somewhere else and taking a step up at the same time isn't impossible. Plenty of people do it, but you have to learn two different things at the same time. That's really interesting because I mean, you know, particularly at the moment in the context around the country as to, you know, councils who find themselves in distress or maybe have taken a wrong turn. That's a really interesting metaphor if we took that back to not only people's careers, but decision making procedures in councils in terms of the route they're taking, because actually one leap is fine. But sometimes if it is if it is beyond the scope of comfortability and familiarity, that's where probably you leave yourself a little bit vulnerable to you have to be really uh, aware that there are going to be significantly more challenges. And um, I don't want to get into specific examples of that, but, you know, I, I, you, there's a BBC article recently around a, a London borough in Essex and you'd think to yourself, you know, councils, I look at it and go, nobody's sat there trying to do a bad job, but people are trying to do increasingly more with increasingly less. And therefore, sometimes I think don't push the envelope too far, but almost kind of in a situation where they're throwing a Hail Mary because they need to. And I think that's it's a really, really interesting metaphor to, to look at. I mean, taking that forward in terms of that leadership piece there, managing and working with politicians to kind of to 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 create positive outcomes. What's your experience been with that? And, you know, what are the kind of the, what goes into making that relationship a success? I think I mean, I think. I suppose what I would say is that and again, I, I have a number of sort of phrases and sayings or thought processes about doing the job. And one of the things I always say to people is that once you get to a certain point in local government and, it, and it's different in different places, but once you probably effectively on the leadership team, managerial leadership team of a council, you have to positively want to work in a political environment. Because that doesn't mean you always agree with the politicians or you always like politics, but you do want to. I think you have to positively want to work in a political environment because in order to be able to do the job effectively, you have to have a degree of empathy understanding and ability to engage with politicians good bad or indifferent so i think there's something about being able to understand what politicians want to try and achieve what their stresses and pressures are what they're managing and issues that doesn't mean you don't have to have a degree of professional knowledge and competence to be very senior in local government of course you do but the point is you are effectively managing the interface between political objectives and uh and the sort of managerial space and that can be very different i mean what i would say across my career i've experienced what i would describe as i suppose relatively passive passive political leadership which effectively you know recognized that politicians that you know professionals you know knew what they were doing and and I suppose broadly exercised what I would describe as negative control, which is essentially happy to let people get on with it until they didn't like something, then they would say no. I've worked elsewhere where there's a really, really clear political vision and that effectively they are looking for people to, to enable the, the opera, I can never say this, the opera, um, 
in implementation, I'm going to say implementation rather than operationalization because it's too complicated, the implementation of their political vision. And I think one of the skills of a managerial leader is to understand which sorts of politician and, and you get different politicians in, in the same council, but broadly what what you know what type of politician, what their background is, what they're trying to achieve. And a lot of that for me is about having good emotional intelligence. Because actually, the sort of skills you need to manage a complex set of managers in, in your team is probably the same basic steps in understanding that you need to manage good politics, which is understanding how people tick, what they're trying to achieve, what the approach is, et cetera, et cetera. And it's about, it's, it's about creating a relationship. And I think for me, that's at the heart of it. Um, you have to be able to create a, enough of a relationship to generate trust two-way have to generate enough of a relationship to get the politicians to believe that you are trying to help them achieve what they want to achieve but also to keep sufficient distance in order that you can you know you know tell them sometimes what they don't want to hear and that they respect the fact that you're giving them you know your your best advice and i just think that that comes with experience and judgment that's really interesting. I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but in terms of, you know, you've, you've worked at some incredibly large councils um, and councils for everyone at home. I always talk about this. It's the variety and complexity that, you know, every aspect of a community is affected by a council. Yeah. In your opinion, Sean, do you, do you think that well, it might be oversimplifying, oversimplifying this, but do you think that either is it's easier to deliver uh, long term and sustainable outcomes, successful outcomes? Is it easier to work with negative control or positive control in terms of trying to deliver for the community? So I actually think the most important thing probably is stability um, rather than one or the other, because I think they can both work. I think where it gets difficult is when there is um, a lot of change and a lot of churn either because there's a lot of change within the political leadership personalities or where there's a lot of change a very rapid change of control or whatever because i think that that in that understandably inhibits um longer term planning and delivery and it also means that by the very nature politically and managerially decisions often need to be short, relatively short termist uh, and I think, therefore, for me, it's always been about how do you create a long enough um, time for everyone to work collectively together to achieve the outcomes? And that can work in, in, in all sorts of different ways. Um, and I also think as well, as ever, I, you know, maybe I'm just a, an actual collaborator or compromiser. I think, broadly speaking, what you really want is um sufficient political direction and drive to be clear about what the vision is and to basically provide um the, in a good way enough pressure on the managerial uh part of the organization to to get delivery without that becoming too much uh, members stepping into officer space and trying to run the council i think on the other hand, if there is little political vision and activity, I think that it can become too professional and too det do detached from the community.
and that brings us on to uh, to to partnerships you know there's a continuous note that partnerships are a key aspect to council's um vitality moving forwards um what have you what are your what are your views on partnerships sean um so i think i think partnerships are incredibly important um, and they're important in in two ways you know massive oversimplification matt but in broad terms councils have got two big strategic jobs one is councils run you know several depending on their size and their scale etc they they run several hundred different services you know whether it's you know collecting the bins whether it's you know supporting education whether or not it's children's social care highways you know the hundreds of services that council runs all of those almost inevitably involve partnerships with others to deliver a better service to local people you know whether or not it's working with highways agency in terms of roads whether or not it's working with schools in terms of blah 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 so actually in terms of the service delivery side of things better services will be provided if councils work well with one or more partners the council's second big role is about shaping the place is about achieving for the community in general and that can be regeneration it can be improving health outcomes it can be improving employment and in that space where councils are trying to shape the place and make an improvement that brings partnership working in on a different level whether it's working with the private sector to regenerate whether or not it's working with health colleagues to improve health outcomes so therefore whether it's about shaping places or whether it's about improving services almost everything the council does is more effective if it works well with other partners because working together generally means that citizens either in that general or very specific sense you know will get a better deal if partnership works well what are the main challenges to partnerships being as being being a success i think it's simply that um people need to on all sides if that's the right term of the partnership need to buy into the fact that collaborative solutions and win-win is a better way forward i think that in my experience where partnerships don't work well is where either individual council officers members or or partners whichever they might be only think about their own agenda because if you only think about your own agenda it is inevitable that you will always think your agenda is primary to everywhere else if you are if you work collaboratively you sometimes may accept that actually the agenda of a partner or the service requirements of a partner is as or more important than what you're trying to achieve for the benefit of the whole and i think that there is a there is a a very it's i suppose it's the difference between do you have a collaborative mindset only not only do you have predominantly have a collaborative mindset or is your mindset more competitive and a sort of my agenda my desires at all costs and i think that where councils and partners work best together is if they can understand that collectively working across the piece to achieve more will be more effective but for me that starts with a, a a mindset which means that I don't always have to get my own way. Everything that I want doesn't always have to come first. And as I suppose it comes back to, I, mean, I had a, an interesting episode yesterday and they were talking about the community and actually your council's decisions need to be 
with the community at the heart of what they do and everything you talked about there the collaboration the communication considering those you know alternative viewpoints it's all around what is best for the community uh, you know fundamentally um i mean just going back we've done like kind of the micro level on a on macro level you know challenges facing the sector i mean what what do you think obviously you've worked at a very senior level and so have a kind of a unique ability to really I think you've quite a, a, an interesting view on this. I mean, what do you think are the main challenges facing the sector? So I think that at a sort of fundamental level, and this is different in different places, but in a fundamental level, um, the the amount of resources in its broadest sense, but particularly money, I think um, makes the challenge much much more difficult than when i started that's certainly the case so again one of the one of the things i sort of have explained to external partners over the years is that you know probably until austerity started in 2010 and you know you might say we're in a sort of slightly more austerity light or uh cost pressure scenario now but basically my experience was that councils could pretty much balance out meeting their sort of social care responsibilities you know children's and adult social care which make up the bulk of council's budgets and activity um, at, at upper tier level with what i would describe as the things that local people think are most important to them you know parks libraries wetting the bins keeping the streets clean etc etc as the amount of money has got less and the cost pressures have got more, that balance has become so much more difficult because in the final analysis, councils have to provide children social care, they have to provide adult social care. It's a individual statutory you know, right and responsibility and that those, those pressures have grown and, and as that's happened, the proportion of councils budgets that are spent on an on a relatively small number of people I mean I you can you know different council will have a different answer but sometimes you can be spending 60 to 70 percent of a council's budget on you know less than 10 percent of the population and a relatively small proportion of a council's budget on those things that the vast mass of people who you know live in that particular area are most interested in that is an incredibly difficult challenge both for members and officers because you know that's not easy to explain in many respects i don't think that many people care about that challenge but trying to keep that done is is there so that's a really really big challenge that's sort of existential i also think as well that the sort of skills that people running councils members and officers need to have is much greater in many respects and you said this at the beginning councils probably have a bigger um set of responsibilities now than they've ever had which is which is good and interesting because there is more of an expectation that councils will be involved in combined authorities will be leading subregions will be involved in devolution will be um place shaping regenerating and whatever when actually when i started um you know back in the early 90s councils were very much seen as being just providers of services there was much less about the, that community leadership role so actually, as the money has got less 
as things have got more complicated, actually what people have been asked to do in the broadest sense has been greater. So I do think that's there. I also think as well that um, the challenges of getting the right people to do the right jobs is very hard. Um, I, I do think that um, there are probably less and less people um, either able to or interested in doing some of the top jobs in local government, which I, I think means that the pressure for you know great people to do very difficult jobs gets more and more difficult. Um, and um, you know we've got at the moment we're dealing with huge amounts of external pressures in terms of um, quality, cost, etc., inflation. So um, I'm not painting a massively well. I am painting a positive picture in terms of what councils can do and what they can achieve. But I mean, it's a pretty tough gig at the moment. I think it is, and it's, it's. I think this is the whole purpose of podcast. It's to provide the reality of what is going on behind the scenes. And I think you know, particularly for myself, I want to go back to that point there around you, how you balance the the interests of the majority. Um, uh, rephrase that. Say, roughly speaking, you're spending sixty-seven percent of of the of the of the of your income on between, you know, some people are saying two percent population, but you know, under ten percent of the population. Yeah. That is just such a challenging piece, and it's it's. I don't really have a question on that. It's just more of a. It's just so difficult because inherently everybody's just got is 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 mainly interested in in what's going on that's affecting them immediately. But I imagine the majority of people, if you put them into into your shoes or to a leadership position and went, no, you statutory, you are responsible for providing care. It's 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 sometimes it must be just so difficult. And I mean, that must take a toll on on both the politicians and the officers, because you probably there's probably a lot of things you'd like to do in terms of, you know, if there was unlimited resources and unlimited cash. But it's the reality of what you can do and, and kind of. I guess the question I do have is how do you prioritize? Do you have at the start of the year go right? These are things we have to do, and if we get round to it, this is what we'd like to do. Or do you go? We've got to make sure we've got to do at least some of this like to stuff to keep the, particularly the political aspect in keeping the the voters engaged. Yes, and I think this is again this is both an opportunity and a challenge because I think the other thing is as well, the reality is is that um, there are also other funding sources and other ways of doing certain things. So, I mean, regeneration is difficult. Housing is difficult for all of the reasons that we know. But actually, most of the cost of that doesn't come out of the council's core budget. That requires you to work with developers or with external funders, etc., to do stuff. So you can do stuff there. I think the real pressure is where the council's core budget is stretched because it is um and that because it's under pressure because of the costs elsewhere and you know if you ask 20 people in the street what does the council do i would say that the vast majority of them probably 19 and a half of them would talk about you know sweeping streets parks libraries collecting bins etc they wouldn't talk about special education needs children's social care um, learning dis adults with learning disabilities and most of the things I've just described you, it, it does come out of the council's core budget so it, it, it is a real battle and whether this is true or not I think again you won't find many politicians who don't believe it's those things that people vote on I think that's what you know I don't think the evidence is completely as clear-cut as 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 
politicians would always think. But I think the reality is that, that, that that's certainly what almost everybody on a cross-party basis believes. And that's because that's what people talk to them about all the time. So it is a real balancing act. So I think that's why there is so much work going on to look at how cost can be taken out of some of those statutory services, hopefully by doing things in a different way and hoping transforming. Because in the end, the pressure is always to try and find resources to, to maintain universal services. So my last question is, why is local government important? Well, I think you sort of answered your own question in your introduction, Matt, really, is that the reason local government is important is because um, it touches the lives of almost everybody in some way, shape or form that lives in a place. Um, I can't quite remember who said this. I'll have to Google it afterwards. But somebody once said all politics is local. And that may not be 100% true, but actually the vast majority of politics is local. You know, what matters to most people, unless they're really engaged in politics, is what happens in their local area, whether or not it is having their streets wept, whether or not it's their local parks nice, whether or not their children are getting a decent education, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And particularly because councils are working on a partnership basis with a whole range of other agencies, whether it's private developers or whether it's the NHS or police, almost everything that happens in a place, the council is involved in to various degrees. Therefore, the ability to impact on positively or negatively on life chances, outcomes and services that local people in a place receive is significant. Therefore, it matters what the council does and how well it does it. Sean, this is absolutely, it's been phenomenal. I mean, you, 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 <laughs> you're definitely getting you back on to discuss some other, some other topics, but I just want to say thank you so much for your time and thank you for your service as well. We really do appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Matt. Enjoyed that. Lovely. Well, guys at home, thank you for listening. Have a great day and stay safe. The Truth About Local Government podcast is proud to endorse SUSO, a charity set up to support people from disadvantaged and diverse backgrounds finding roles in entry-level positions within local government legal services. If you are interested in supporting this course, please find details in the link below. SUSO. Stand up. Speak out. Thank you.